And now it's time for us to discuss more of these headlines in simple keywords with Adam joining us on the line. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. Happy Monday. Well, it's a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Habitual, isn't it? Happy Monday. Uh, well, why couldn't it be, right? I mean, it's... Yeah. I, I do like myself kind of this like overcast mornings. It's it's nice and cool. No? It's, it was a bit cold, actually, when I woke <laughs> up. And I was like, what is going on? It was lovely yesterday. Uh, it's going to cool down a little bit, I believe. But today uh, and tomorrow, it's going to rain a lot, apparently. So be prepared yeah. for that. It'll be like a homecoming uh, for you. I was about to say I'm from England, so uh, yeah, I'm pretty used to it. But still, but still, I don't like the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps this first keyword makes raining conditions just slightly better. Who knew that it'd be such a novelty? Let's begin with our pandemic coverage this morning. Our first keyword of the day. Eating indoors. Right. Who knew it could become such a novelty? From today, more mm. COVID restrictions are being eased, including the eating of popcorn in movie theaters. Tell us the details. Isn't it wonderful how uh, we find happiness in the most <laughs> smallest and littlest of things? Little um, things brings joy. It certainly does. And uh, yeah, the much-awaited uh, eating indoors, they'll be allowed uh, inside movie theatres as well as indoor sports facilities, KTX trains and express buses as well. Uh, the consumption of food on city and town buses, though, which generally have more passengers, they'll still be banned for the time being. Um, large retail chains and department stores can also set up food sampling booths as well. Uh, but this must be done in designated areas, not just randomly at the uh, end of an aisle. They're usually um, spaced apart randomly uh, before the pandemic, mm -hmm. but uh, now there'll be a designated area where you can sample food. So I know a lot of people might be making uh, a meal out of that. Um, <laughs> now, <laughs> booths uh, must be three meters apart and eating must be done at least one meter apart from others. Uh, also, starting today, Korea is downgrading COVID-19 to a class 2 disease uh, and beginning to restore the medical system to pre-pandemic uh, levels of protocol. Um, under class 2, individuals infected will no longer be required to go under quarantine for seven days. Uh, doctors don't have to immediately report a positive test for the uh, virus, so we may see case numbers falling even further because of that. Mm. Um, with quarantine no longer being mandatory, COVID-19 patients can go to their nearest hospital or clinic uh, to get treated instead of having to visit designated hospitals. So it's basically being treated like the flu. Um, the government's coverage for medical expenses will also end as well. Patients will have to pay for their own treatment. Mm. Um, so that might actually discourage more people to actually go to the hospital if they have some symptoms of mm -hmm. COVID-19. Um, so again, contributing to possibly further uh, reduced case numbers. Now, uh, the government has decided to give a certain period, though, before implementing such changes in order to reduce confusion. The next four weeks will be a transition period during which the current seven-day quarantine mandate will be maintained. Uh, after tr the transition period ends, that's around May 23rd, the government will start what it's calling a settlement period to actually implement the changes. Mm -hmm. And from then on, COVID-19 patients will likely be able to continue their everyday lives without having to isolate themselves. 
Um, you don't really quarantine yourself if you have the flu, so it's pretty much mm. going to be the same for COVID-19. Mm. Although I know a few people who do quarantine themselves when they do have the <laughs> flu, but uh, that's a, a minority. Uh, but the period may, though, uh, note, uh, be delayed further depending on the virus situation, of course. There's new variants emerging, which we don't know too much about. Mm. Um, but also another factor is that President-elect Yun sung yeols transition team has been criticising the current government's decision to lift the quarantine mandate as well, Uh, and this also raises the possibility that the rule may be changed after Yoon takes office. And uh, uh, meanwhile, health authorities will also decide this week whether to lift the outdoor mask wearing mandate. You can currently wear them if you're two meters at least apart mm. from others. But uh, a complete lifting of the rule, um, they're mulling that decision. Who do you know that quarantines when they have a flu? Uh, trust me, I know, I know a few people. Is that, for, is that for the safety of others or for themselves? Uh, they say it's for the others, but we'll find <laughs> <laughs> All right. But I guess what we're talking about here is whether it'll be mandatory, right? It won't be enforced. Mm-hmm. And just like the flu, then people won't have to stay at home. It'll, it'll be more voluntary than anything else. Yeah. But it seems that, as you repeatedly mentioned, uh, transition period is almost required just to gauge what the effects of these change transition period might come about. Uh, and one thing to know, if you want to watch a movie, you better book in advance because I, I expect a swarm of people going to the cinema now because popcorn is allowed. That too. Small joys. On to our second keyword of the day. Prosecutor bill. Rival parties have agreed to pass a compromised version of a bill on reforming laws related to prosecutors' investigative powers. Uh, but the head of the main opposition says his party will reconsider the bipartisan proposal. What did Lee Jin-suk have to say? Right. Well, the DP and the PPP uh, on Friday actually agreed to pass this compromised legislation within this month. But PPP Chairman Lee Jun-sok said he shared detailed opinions with several legal experts on the proposal over the weekend and concluded concerns raised by prosecutors were legitimate. Uh, he said several clauses proposed by the Democratic Party would make prosecutors feel resentment over a legislative process that has failed to reflect their experiences and concerns and would would require revisions. Uh, He added that it is not a matter that can be settled within a week. So he's basically saying that this compromise bill and the agreement was a bit hastily done. And he said senior party members will gather today, in fact, to reconsider the bill. Um, And he also called for public hearings to collect opinions from legal experts and prosecutors before taking further steps. Now, the DP has been pushing to strip the prosecutor uh, prosecution of its investigative power, claiming that the prosecution is abusing its power. Uh, the PPP and the prosecution have strongly opposed mm-hmm. the move. Uh, prosecutor General Kim Osu uh, and several other senior prosecutors offered to resign in protest, though Kim's resignation was rejected by Moon Jae-in. Mm. Um, since then, Kim has been meeting with lawmakers to explain why the prosecution objects to the reforms. Um, now, under the compromise deal proposed by the National Assembly Speaker, the prosecution will temporarily keep its investigative power with the types of crime that it can investigate further reduced to two, which are namely corruption and economic crimes. Mm. But of course, this may all change because... Lee Jun-suk is um, still in doubt about this compromise deal. All right. And with that, let's move on to our third keyword of the day. 
Delegation to Japan. So, Yoon Sung-yeol's delegation to Japan has arrived in Tokyo for meetings with Prime Minister Fumio Kishida and other top officials. And notably, it's probably the groundwork uh, just to restore relations with Japan. What can we expect? Right. Well, Japan is, uh, of course, the second foreign country that Yoon has sent a delegation to after the United States, although the agenda is slightly difficult, uh, different. Uh, the U.S. was slightly to strengthen ties where mm-hmm. Japan is trying to mend afraid ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the delegation's visit to Japan is to invite Fumio Kishida to Yoon's May 10th inauguration ceremony. Uh, during the campaign, Yoon called for a future-oriented approach to thorny issues between the two sides. That's kind of a term that's used by a lot of the uh, politicians in Korea when it comes to talking about relations with Japan. And historical um, dur- disputes. Right, and historical disputes as well. Uh, during the campaign, Yoon called for, uh, sorry, uh, the delegation mm. uh, led by the PPP's uh, Chong Jin Sog is carrying a letter from Yoon that outlines his will for new relations with Japan. However, it remains to be seen if his fence-mending efforts will prompt the Japanese prime minister to attend the event, especially when there's objections from his ruling party, which are basically saying that South Korea should be the one who should be making um, or making compromises mm. or uh, and concessions in improving uh, ties. Now, Chung told reporters after arriving at Narita Airport that he thinks the letter will get positive responses from Japan. We don't know if they have yet. Uh, the delegation is expected to meet with Kushida on Wednesday, so we'll probably get some more uh, uh, kind of a gist on what uh, the Japanese stance is mm. by then. Uh, Meanwhile, upon arrival in Tokyo, the delegation visited a railway station to pay tribute to uh, Ijun's Park. Uh, There's been a monument that's been set up there now. uh, Sorry, Lee Su-hyun, rather, excuse me. Um, Lee Su-hyun died uh, trying to rescue a drunk Japanese man who had fallen onto the subway tracks in Tokyo in 2001. And Mm. his death and he himself is regarded uh, as a kind of symbol of friendly ties between the two nations. Um, today, the delegation is expected to hold uh, a meeting with Foreign Minister uh, Yoshimasa Hayashi. Uh, meetings with former Prime Ministers Shinzo Abe and Yoshihira Suga are also reportedly being pushed for. And the delegation is set to return to Seoul on Thursday. So it's quite uh, a bit of a, an effort to go all the way to Japan mm. to just hand over a letter to invite um uh the the prime minister, the prime minister. Yeah. yeah so uh because usually that could be done over the phone or just yeah. sent uh via the post um <sighs> so it certainly is a kind of a, a going all out efforts to try and mend these ties with japan and from what i understand the two leaders already exchanged phone calls right and clearly mm-hmm. perhaps that was seen as not enough and you're right yeah. to send a delegation so early on it might be an indication of priorities right mm-hmm. on to the economy section this morning this is our fourth keyword of the day inflation in Korea, particularly, is mm. showing no signs of abating, and the IMF expects it to hit 4% this year. That's second behind only to New Zealand in a list of eight advanced economies in the Asia and the Pacific region as a whole. Yes, I'm starting to get a little bit tired of the word inflation <laughs> and consumer prices. It's kind of wearing everyone down, isn't sure. it? I mean, it's, everything's just becoming more expensive. Uh, now, um, this all ties into kind of the specter of stagflation, which is kind of a deadly cocktail of stagnant growth and inflation, uh, which has been growing lately. Uh, this is all a triple whammy of rising prices and interest rate hikes and the weakening Korean one as well. They've all combined to weigh heavily on the Korean economy. 
Uh, such fears also come as the uh, ongoing Russia-Ukraine war, coupled with uh, an escalated lockdown in uh, parts of China, although they have been eased slightly, uh, have hampered economic recovery while leading to hikes in energy prices. Uh, supply chain disruptions worldwide are continuing as well. Now, the high inflation is feared to disrupt Korea's 2022 growth target of 3.1% as well. Um, according to Statistics Korea, consumer prices reached their peak in more than a decade at 4.1% in March. The IMF revised up its inflation projection for Korea from 3.1% to 4% in its update on the global economy last uh, week. Uh, that's, as you mentioned, the second highest after only New Zealand's 5.9% among the eight advanced economies in Asia that have been categorized by the IMF. Uh, the others include uh, Japan, Australia, Singapore, Hong Kong and Macau and Taiwan. Uh, now, the rise in inflation prompted the Bank of Korea to take countermeasures earlier this month by raising the key interest rate to 1.5%. That's the highest in nearly three years and it's also the fourth rate hike since August 2021. Um, however, the rate hike has fueled fears of hindering the government's financial relief aid package while further boosting interest burdens on indebted uh, Korean households as mm -hmm. well, and especially small business owners who had to rely on a lot of loans during the yeah. pandemic to try and uh, pick themselves back up. So right. it's not really good news for them. Moreover, the key rate is, is uh, speculated to go up to 2% by the year end with inflation showing no signs uh, of letting up so mm. basically just uh, no room for optimism at the moment unfortunately <sighs> all right and on to our last keyword of the day military parade North Korea is reportedly preparing to hold a massive military parade to show off its latest strategic weapons in time for a key anniversary as you mentioned earlier on right Adam what's the latest that's right. So Yonhap, citing uh, sources, reports the North has mobilized or has been mobilizing around 20,000 troops for the parade at Kim Il-sung Square. That's to mark the uh, 90th founding anniversary of the North Korean People's Revolutionary Army. That was said to have happened at around midnight yesterday. So it's possible that it's already happened. Mm -hmm. uh, the KPRA, uh, for those wondering, is an anti-Japanese guerrilla force that the North claims uh, late national founder Kim Il-sung established in 1932. So it's not really an army targeted at the US or South Korea. It was more towards uh, it was established during that Japanese a colonial era. Right. Um, during rehearsals, over 250 pieces of military equipment have been paraded, according to the sources. Uh, they include a hypersonic Hwasong-8 missile, a Hwasong-17 ICBM, uh, as well as an SLBM as well. Uh, now, the North also appears to have built two pontoon bridges across the Tedong River that's connecting Kim Il-sung Square to the tower of the Chuche Idea. This raises possibilities that troops could use the bridges to enter the square amid fireworks so as to boost the uh, festive mood. Now, the North has held nine military parades so far, but it's the first to actually uh, come around the founding of the KPRA. And this is all in line with uh, Kim Jong-un's kind of plan to kind of create internal um, unity and kind of a show of uh, muscle flexing the military uh, uh, equipment to the rest of the world. All right. Yeah, thank you very much, Adam, for this morning's coverage. Have a safe, mm -hmm. try to stay dry, and we'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow. <laughs> if you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.